Tales from the Plantation Nation. Fresh. Black and I can't see nothing Everything was pitch black Except the motherfuckers coming I didn't mean to let them catch me I was looking for my brother All I know is that I feel a arm Could be a foot But a brother couldn't speak Because his tongue they took I was shook when I saw that fetus fall from the womb But they came in the name of Jesus Man, I'm confused We was fooled Our village was burnt in all our tools And now I'm probably on this cruise And a nigga shark food If I can't make it Where the fuck's my destination? To the land of milk and honey But I'm naked and I'm hated and Satan told me speak another language Damn It's fucked up on this slave ship There's a dead body next to me It's a dead body next to me It's fucked up on this slave ship There's a dead body next to me It's a dead body next to me It's fucked up on this slave ship There's a dead body next to me It's a dead body next to me It's fucked up on this slave ship There's a dead body next to me it's a dead body next to me. It's fucked up on this place. I look around for my mother and my little sister. What happened to my brother? Some motherfuckers killed him. Damn, my head's spinning and I'm sick to my stomach. Everything pitch black and I can't see nothing. Coming down off this black robber, think about jumping. The big homie threw a meeting, but he ain't talking about nothing. All I know is that he got an L. Could be a rock, so he don't see it like they see it when it comes to them cops. But some shit that I ain't about to stop. So they MIA, where they at? Working hard down in PIA. Private prisons make millions worth of CCA. Brunt making like a dollar a day. Man, when count time, time in your ass move, then you ain't dead. It's a toilet by my bed. I said, count time come, if your ass move, then you ain't dead. Or it's a toilet by my bed. It's a dead body next to me. It's a dead body next to me. It's fucked up on this slave ship. It's a dead body next to me. It's a dead body next to me. It's fucked up on this slave ship. It's a dead body next to me. It's a dead body next to me. It's fucked up on this slave ship. It's a dead body next to me. It's a dead body next to me. It's fucked up on this slave ship. From the Plantation Nation, Season 1, Episode 7. It's your host, your man, Samuel Nathaniel Brown, and I am delighted to be back here on this day, this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day. And it's so beautiful because not only am I joined by by the young prince, you know, Jabre Dixon, as you all seen advertised, you know, and um, that is incredible in and of itself. But today is also the day that ACA 8, also known as In Slavery in California Act, you know, to abolish slavery in the California penal system, it passed through the assembly today. So a round of applause for that, y'all. Let's give a hand for that. Got a 
That's right. We are definitely one step closer to abolishing slavery once and for all here in California in the carceral setting because we know it manifests in many forms. So I want to take the time to really, like, give a shout-out to all of the people who have been boots on the ground because, as, as many of you know, I'm known as being, like, the original author of the language that became ACA-8. But since that time, much has transpired, and I haven't had an opportunity to be as hands-on as I would like for whatever reason. But there's so many people who are so much more knowledgeable than I am that are on the ground, boots on the ground, they're on the front line, that are part of our coalitions, and they're holding it down, you know, in the In Slavery California, uh, In Slavery in California Coalition, and the Abolish Bondage Coalition that have been holding it down. So I just want to give a shout-out to all of the organizations, all of the people, all of the leaders, and everybody that has, you know, stepped up to the forefront to carry this torch of ending slavery from, from, from way back, from the moment it started. So thank you. Thank you to... Thank you to, you know, Chris, Carmen, Jamelia, Max, everybody. I could go on and on. April, the names of Geronimo. I mean, the names are countless. So just thank everybody. And thank you for, to all of the, the defeated officials who recognize that now was the time, that now was the time, to the time and that we are the change makers of our time. You know, so we just want to say thank you to the, to the assembly. I don't know the, the vote count yet. Hopefully it was, a, it was unanimous. But as of right now, I don't know, but the fact of the matter is we did pass, so that's a blessing. With that said, also happy to be back. Man, a lot has been taking place personally, you know, in my life and in the engineer, uh, my engineer Yusuf's life, and we're just happy to be here with you all, man. So it's an honor to introduce you all to Jabre. My man Jabre is somebody that's near and dear to my heart, and this is a conversation that we had for a long time, and it's been a long time coming. I mean, I can still see yeah. you. Yeah, I can still yeah. see you, bro, standing in the gym, you know what I'm saying, with that, that, that yeah. billion-dollar smile. You feel me? Your shirt yeah. tucked in, yeah. already looking like you yeah. got on a three-piece suit, ready to take yeah. over, you feel me? Yeah. So to now yeah. have yeah. you here on the, on the platform, <clears throat> on Tales from the Plantation Nation, the Young Prince, the future of rehabilitation in California as we know it, I'm, say, I'm saying it, I'm putting it out here, you feel me? That part. It's an honor, brother. So welcome. Welcome, Jabre Dixon, to tell us in the Plantation Nation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, you, brother. Uh, welcome, man, man. How you I'm, doing? I'm amazing. I'm amazing, brother. And uh, and just to be able to even give, you know, the the, the, um, the audience, you know, more context. You know, I watched this brother's, you know, journey, you know, walking outside of prison, you know, the work that he immediately did. You know, and I definitely, before I even get into introducing myself, I have to, you know, give credit where credit is due and acknowledge you, brother, because uh, you set the you set the groundwork. You know, you was the first one that I oh, seen. Man. Yeah, a lot of individuals came after, but you were the first one that I seen that had paroled from the prison that he, you know, that, that had came back and returned to the prison that he had paroled from. You know, and, and, and seeing you do that. I watched that video, man. I just watched it again, truth be told. That video <laughs> when you first came out, I just watched it again, you know. And uh, so, man, I oh, just the one I made you when I was so excited when I came out. You were so excited. You couldn't couldn't even yeah, your, your breath. You, you didn't even have, man, I just left, you know, and damn, bro, all that, man. So you set the precedent. Um, I give you a credit, bro, and acknowledge you, man. So, uh I, I really um, appreciate that. And the goal, Jabre, is for you to be 10 times better than whatever everybody thinks I am. 
And I feel confident that, part. that you come to yeah. do that. But we're gonna keep we're gonna move together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And with that Absolutely, said, let me bro. let me give you a proper introduction. Let me read your bio to the people so they can understand the greatness that's okay. that's on the show and why I'm so honored okay. to have you here. So okay. Jabray Dixon is a twenty six year old advocate of rehabilitation. Using his personal experiences, insight, and determination towards being a part of the solution, Jabray has authored a self help program, now turned nonprofit organization by the name of Changes. C H A N G E S is the acronym. And what does Changes stand for, Jabray? So Changes stands for Community Healing Alliance, Normalizing Growth through Education and Self Awareness. Oh, yeah. Thank you for that. That was designed yeah, to assist you, other men searching for true change in their own life. You're welcome. Incarcerated at the age of 17 years old, Jabray's life was abruptly flipped completely upside down. Faced with tragedies, the strain of everyday prison life, and his own internal struggle of searching for his true identity, through the grace of God, Jabray prevailed. After nine years of incarceration, Jabray was finally freed, but his work towards helping others has not stopped. Blessed with his first real chance at life, and driven by his purpose of cultivating generational change, Jabray has focused his attention towards continuing the same drive that he had while inside, and I can attest to that. Everything about his journey played a part into where he is now in his life, and with his whole new lease, Jabray intends to keep the same energy and advocating for the next brother or sister, earning their freedom too. So welcome, Jabray, and it's an honor once Thank again. You, Thank you, man. So, uh... Now, so again, now, I want to tell everybody yeah. personally what's so special, Jabray, because you said, you know, you, you saw me do what I did, and now you follow in the footsteps. But what's so special about that, bro, is I did 24 years. You see? Yeah. I did 24 years in the pen. You're 26 years yeah. old. You understand what That's I'm saying? Right. I explained to somebody not too long ago. I said, listen, I'm going to be at the head of my organization for like another 25 years because I'm just in my 40s. Bro, you're going to be at the yeah. head of your organization for at least another 40 years because you're in your 20s. Yeah. That's right. So the, that's right. And that means brother. a lot. That means a lot. We're gonna put it in perspective yeah. so that people can understand because many yeah. guys your age need to understand what it's like to if if you have to be faced with incarceration, to understand what it's like to be a young man that decides to make the decision to take control over his own narrative and then step out better than when that you part. went in. That part. And at twenty six you are exceptional, bro. So I wanna take the time to really highlight to you how exceptional you are. Nine years, you was damn near sixteen, you was seventeen years old. 17. And now you back. Yes, sir. Now you back at 26 <laughs> after serving a decade. I'm gonna round it off after serving a decade. You participated in thousands of hours of self-help programming, created that your part. own self-help program, turned nonprofit, and now that you part. back to help the people. So I want to put it in perspective. Nah, that's all. Yeah, nah, definitely. So again, you know, just to, you know, highlight to the audience, and you know, I, I appreciate that, Sam. I receive all that. Um, you know, so I did. I, originally, I was incarcerated at 17 years old. Um, sentenced to 19 years in prison. You know, um, again, I, I don't, you know, say what I'm about to say to minimize my actions or anything, but I didn't even pull a trigger. You know, I pointed a gun at a man, uh, which wasn't right. You know, in the state of California, I saw with a firearm. But again, you know, just, you know, being in that following mentality, being, you know, uh, uh, you know, falling behind this work belief system, bro, you know, one thing led to the next. I was handed a 19-year sentence, you know, by the grace of God. Um, I, I didn't have to serve that 19-year sentence. And, you know, things didn't get together immediately. You know, it took time. But, um, right. you know, just as I credit to Sam, you know, um, I like to say this, 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 
this quote, you know, from one of my favorite authors, Napoleon Hill. He said, in Think and Grow Rich, he said that every good leader had to have first been a good follower. Let me repeat that. Every good leader had to have first been a good follower. So when people, you know, are all, you know, uh, uh, when I was incarcerated and since I've been home, you know, like, damn, how did you, how did you do it? How did you, I did what I did my entire life. I followed. I followed. I was a mm. follower. It, mm. it just so happened that once that right influence, I met my mentor, you know, Stephen Evans, you know, I have to, man, give credit to that man. You know, he's still currently you always serving do. A, you know, life you without, always do. He's, he's still serving the LWAP center. You know, you know, you know, Sam, like, you know, Stephen Evans, you know, that's my mentor. Right. That was a big homie. That was a big brother. That part. And he laid the groundwork. He laid the groundwork for me. You know, he, 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 he set the tone. He was stepping away from that lifestyle. And as a young, you know, as a young dude in this lifestyle, you know, you look up to these idols. You look up to the ones with the name. And and right. it just so happened that this one with the name, you know, was stepping away from the lifestyle. And I always envisioned that stuff for myself, bro. Like, I always, you know, I always seen more. But when there's nothing around you, no influences around you that's reinforcing that, you know, you, 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 you know, unfortunately you, you continue to go on, you know, the path of what, you know, normal around you. And, and, and for me, it was the destructive lifestyle. Um, so again, we're it's in nice there at 17 years old. I'm going to jump I'm in listening. with you. It's nice to hear you say that, Jay. I'm, and I'm going to tell you, I want you to yeah. maintain your, your train of thought. You went in at 17. That part. I just want to highlight that on something that you said and um, add a little accent to it. You spoke on yeah. about always being a follower and how you didn't really do anything different from what you were already doing. Yeah. You just chose to yeah. follow something different, right? That part. And in doing that so, part. it improved the quality of your life. And that brings me to a, a discussion I had with a, a young associate of mine when I was incarcerated. And I remember, yeah. you know, I was responsible for DPing him. And, and for those who don't speak that language, DPing means like someone had did an infraction and they had to be disciplined, right? And so yeah. at that time, the level of DP was writing an essay. And I asked him, I said, oh, now yeah. write an essay. Yeah, right. You, you said, oh, yeah, you already know. <laughs> yeah. So I said, write an essay, man, and write it on submission. Write, he, write it on the word submit. And so he got at me, was like, oh, man, why you give me this old soft-ass word? I don't submit to nobody. I'm strong. You know, submit is a weak word. And. I'm, I'm this and I'm that. And I'm, so after he wrote it and I talked to him, I said, it takes power to submit, bro. It takes strength to mm-hmm. submit because we don't submit mm-hmm. to the uh, will of another human being. We don't submit to a man or a woman. You only submit to the truth. And it takes mm-hmm. strength to submit to the truth. When you look yourself in the mirror and you ask yourself those hard questions, when somebody that loves you presents that critique that you don't necessarily want to hear, or when you face with a yeah. situation that makes you accept reality, it takes strength to submit to the truth. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but that's Absolutely. true power. And so Absolutely. when you made the decision, that's... when you made the decision to submit to following something different from what you were following, that took yeah. strength. That took that a great deal of strength. That part, brother. You feel me? Yeah, and that's that the type of stuff a lot of yeah. people don't understand. So I want you to continue with your train of thought. You know, at the 17, yeah. 17 years old. No, but even yeah, even just to like like okay, like you said that you know you 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 uh, you put that in front of them. Okay, this is gonna be your DP. So I remember it was. 2017, I remember 2017 still was, you know, entrenched in the BS and all that. And I remember my mentor, you know, giving me a prompt. 
I remember him, you know, we we weren't selling, we were in the same building. I remember him sending me, he like, hey, I want, uh, on a kite, you know, with five pieces of paper. Now, now hold, said, on, hold 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 on, Jeff. Yeah. So yeah. we have an audience of people that are in our speech community that understand everything okay. we're saying, but we also have an audience okay. that's outside of our speech community. So when you say stuff like kite, I need you to unpack okay, what yeah. that is. Okay, yeah. So a kite. So a kite is 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 usually like a small a small piece of paper with a message written on it. You know, usually small because you know not not all kites are you utilized as passing the positive messages. So in prison, this is a, a commonly used you know form of communication from one cell to the next, from one yard to the next. Um, it's it's you know the term is a kite, but it's just a small piece of paper with a message on it. So, um, right so that's a kite. Thank you. So, uh, my mentor sent me a kite, you know, I don't think we're like, I, I think we're, you know, locked in our cell for the day or whatever. So he sent me a kite along with five pieces of paper. And I'm like, you know, I get the paper. I'm like, <laughs> and so he tells me on the paper, on the kite, write me a five year plan, write me a five year mm. plan. And, 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 and bro, like, you know, I, I, I unpacked myself. I submitted you know, I, I, you know, I remember right. writing because we we became sellies years later, and I remember him pulling it out the five year plan, the one that you and, had written, um, that the one I had written, and wow. I remember uh, I remember writing about you know uh, severing my gang ties, if not completely severed. I remember I remember having that on there. I remember having um, uh, getting a college education. Those are the two that stand out that I, I for sure remember. And, um, yeah, so I, I I point that out because, you know, that was the mentor that I had. You know, instead of going to see you on this mission or whatever the case may be, instead of to go continue mm-hmm. to destroy, contribute to destroying your life, you know, I'm going mm-hmm. to challenge that thought process. Put me down a five-year plan. You know, most of us, you know, that was in this lifestyle, man, couldn't look past tomorrow, let alone five right. years. Five years. You know, um, I got a five-day so plan meeting. for somebody to go to the visiting room and hit, then I'm going to come up. That's my five-day plan. Yeah, that part. That part. you talking about five yeah. years. So, you know, <laughs> I met my mentor uh, at, at 19 years old, and I, and I shared this story, you know, with a lot of people. I shared it while I was inside. Man, that was my first, you know, it's unfortunate, but then it's not unfortunate because I feel like everything happens for a reason. But that was the first time that I met a positive male role model at 19 years old. I had a strong mom. Strong mom, raised eight kids, you know. But I, that was the first time in my life. Shout out to mom, role model. That's right. that's true. You know, mom, mom, man, mom did it. Eight kids, well, only one ever been incarcerated. You know, I got to give credit to her. You know, she did the best. Yusuf, give us know, a round of applause for moms, Yusuf. Round of applause for moms. Absolutely. Straight up. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, brother. Yeah, so met my mentor, you know, at 19 years old. And, and, again, you know, it didn't, you know, bro was always the type, like, he was always the big homie, like, I'm not finna, I'll tell you about some stuff if you're willing to listen. But I'm not finna go tell you. I think out of the, the whole time that we was around each other for about five years, he probably actually gave me an order twice. And, you know, this is a big homie. I'm, you know, so, so that's you, what you I was going to ask you. So what separates? Let me ask you this. Oh no, no, go ahead. Finish your thought. Yeah. Finish your thought. Yeah. So, so what I'm saying, like, 
anything that he would have put in front of me because of the mentality that I had, more than likely I would have followed it. I'm more than likely. It was a go. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening. Yeah, it was a go. And so my question to you, with that said, because you make a good point, and now for those on the outside who are learning about the culture, in your words, what separates a mentor from a big homie? Or, or, or when um, do they become synonymous? Um, well, I believe that, okay, so in my, in my terms, you know, I believe that a big homie is more so attached to, you know, the gang lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of other people use it. A lot of other people use it, but, you know, a big homie, in, in my sense of how I was raised, you know, was always attached to, like, a gang, you know, mentality. Do I believe that both of them can correlate? Yeah, because I feel like I was my mentor started off as my big homie. He was he we was right. from the same neighborhood and all that. He became right. a mentor not because he was older than me or because he had knowledge. He became a mentor when I started to see positive results in my life. That's when mm. I feel like it separated. Because yeah, I didn't just, mm. you know, take heed to what he said because he was a big homie. Now, I would have listened because, I really probably didn't have no, you know, too much of a choice. But he became a mentor, brother, when, when, when I believe that it separates when this person begins to have positive results on your life. I don't think a big So homie, this is important. You know, yeah, yeah. This is important. And I wanted to ask you that question, and you, you answered it very well. And I think it's something that we're going to have to Thank start you. breaking down in TMP and changes as we continue to go. Even in PFPIO, just talking idea. about the difference, you know what I'm saying, between a big homie and a mentor, because a big yeah. homie can be a mentor, and a mentor can be a big homie, but there's so many instances yeah, exactly. where they're not the same. They're just not the same. That part. Because fools that part. are more concerned about being a big homie and don't know how to be a mentor. So for all those in positions, when you have a young person that's looking up to you, that you have influence in their life, you heard what Job Bray just said. The difference is between a big homie and a mentor is once you start teaching this person something positive that has a positive impact on their life. That's when you yeah. step into mentorship. You know what I'm saying? And you can Absolutely. be both. You feel me? So Absolutely. I really appreciate you so, saying yeah. that. I want to – Oh, yeah, thank Zach. you, brother. Yeah, so um, so I, I don't – you know, my, my mentor, we, we parted ways. Um, He went to a – you know, he uh he transferred to a lower level, which was a blessing. But it was bittersweet for me. This was uh at the height of COVID, so this is about 2020. And, right. you know, it was, it was bittersweet, you know um, – simply because, you know, like, man, like, when you grow and you connect with someone on, on a very intimate level, like, you know, like, he knew things about me that, that I don't even think I had even disclosed to my mother, you know, and, and vice versa. Um, right. You know, it's hard to let that go. And, um, but I'll tell you this, and I remember it was a conversation that we had maybe, like, the night before, um, and I told him, like, it's sad, like, it's it's not sad, but it's it's bittersweet because I need you to leave. You know, I need you to leave. And to and I home. said that because because mind you, towards the latter years of us being together, that's when things started to click. You know, 2019, 2020, I was just starting to get into classes. Um, my 19 year sentence had How been reduced to 10 years. I was uh so 2000, so I'm 27, so I was about 23. I was about 20, okay. yeah, I was about 23, 2019, yeah, so 2019, four years. Yeah, so I was, about, I was about 23, about 23 years old when things started to, you know, and bro used to have those conversations, like, hey, you know I'm not going to always be here. You know, 
like I'm gonna be gone. So, uh, um, man, you know, and I told him that I felt that you had to leave because it's like having you here is gonna it makes it easy. I can have you here all the way to the finish line, but I don't want to find out if I can apply all these lessons when I get to the finish. Line. I don't want to find this out. I want I want to do that here. I want to see if right. I can apply what you taught me. You know, that's neuroplasticity and, um, at its finest. Yeah, I'm like I, I, you have to leave. You know, you, you, I'm like you have to leave. And um, it was right. bittersweet, brother. And 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 our last conversation was consisted of this. You know, this is what I, I've always when I speak about him, I speak about these last words. You know, taking that last walk with my brother. You know, my mentor, my my man, like someone that you know, I, my family. And and That's he had one last thing story, I heard mentioned. Yeah, mind you, I mentioned, you know, that, that bro had, you know, life without the possibility of parole. So, mm-hmm. though, you know, you can be hopeful, you know, he, he's, he's a real, he was always, you know, a realist. So, what reality is, is our own paper saying that I'm going to die in prison. That's a, that's right. a death sentence. That's a death sentence. So, you know, with that part in ways, you know, we you have to face the reality of the matter of we might never – each other again so you know i'm sitting here you know i'm in tears and i'm like bro like tell me what i i'll go get out and i'll pull up with you know a couple bag of money get to the lord what do i gotta do like you changed my life and let me let me let me add emphasis to that this man came in my life and changed it changed it literally you know yeah everyone give me credit and yeah everyone say oh job bro you you so amazing. You articulate yourself. This man did it. This man changed my life. Well, well, let's be clear. So, let's be clear. He he didn't change your yeah. life. He that definitely part. provided you the impetus, that part. the catalyst, the incentive, and encouragement for you to make Absolutely. the decisions to change, to change your life. Because none of Absolutely. us can change Absolutely. anybody's life. You know no we always say in the 10P program. Yeah, yeah, you know we say yeah. the 10P program and the guidelines and expectations. You... Yeah. Are responsible for your you. change and transformation. Nobody else. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I understand and, and bro, respect. You know, yeah. I respect the admiration exactly. and the level of deference that you yeah. have for this brother. And that's what people out here yeah. need to understand that they have somebody that's sentenced to life without the possibility of parole, and they consider them to be incorrigible. And here you are yeah. with a testimony yeah. right now saying that it was that's a part. person that was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole that served as the catalyst that's and part. the impetus for you to make the changes in your life that you made. And now as a 26-year-old man, you have returned to society to help thousands and hundreds of thousands of people change their lives. Thousands. Absolutely, that's how brother. It and, so and, with that said, yeah, Brother Jabri, we're going to go to our first break real quick. We're going to step into our yes, first sir. segment. These are the facts. But before we do that, I just want to say shout-out to my partner, Sarah Fresh, who y'all heard on the opening track, Slave Ship. That shit knocking is so true. So with that, yo, these are the facts. But I, I, I guess speaker, Beja Brown. Peace. Tales from the Plantation Nation. With your host, Daniel Nathaniel Brown. Well... So maybe we having like technical difficulties that happen sometimes. Are you able to hear me still, Jabre? I can hear you, brother. Okay, did that. So we'll get into these are the facts in a minute. We'll just continue the conversation okay. for a moment. Oh yeah. This, so this My name is Beja Brown, and I am many things actually. But today I am the sister of your host, Sam Brown. 
And these are the facts. No sin, no blame, and no putting nothing in. As of December 2019, the CDCR reported that 30.1% of the total inmate population was black. 41.2% was Hispanic. 21.3% was white. And 6% was other, uh, which includes Asians, Native Americans, and Pacific Islanders. The average age of all inmates was 40 years old. And again, according to a report by the Sentencing Project, as of 2016, the life sentence population in California was 40.69. Can you believe that? Average educational level, however, of a person sentenced to prison in California, according to a report by the Prison Policy Initiative, as of 2014, over 40% of individuals in state prisons across the U.S. had not completed high school. Now, what do you think is happening today? And the number of historically black colleges and universities in California, who wants to guess? Over here. Give me your best number. What number of historically black colleges and universities are there in California? I'm waiting. Well, historically, black colleges and universities, otherwise called HBCUs, don't exist in California. And that is shocking. I know, it's shocking. And the number of prisons, on the other hand, as of 2021, according to the CDCR, there are 35 state prisons in California. And let's take our attention over to the immigration center, shall we? As of 2021, according to the Freedom for Immigrants, there are 10 immigration detention centers in California. I wonder why that is, too. Well, California is quite a busy state, isn't it? And uh, let's talk about our youngsters. Juveniles. Juveniles sentenced to life in prison in California, according to a report by the Campaign for the Fair Sentencing of Youth. As of 2017, there are approximately 250 individuals in California serving life without parole for crimes committed as juveniles. This represents less than 1% of the total prison population. Okay, I'm not going to say, but that's crazy. And according to the NAACP, African Americans are incarcerated at more than five times the rate of whites. The imprisonment rate for African American women is twice that of white women. We have to change this. The American Civil Liberties Union, also known as ACLU, reports that one in every three black boys born today can expect to be sentenced to prison, compared to one out of six Latino boys and one of 17 white boys. That should be enough to make you want to get involved with something today. According to the Prison Policy Initiative, people in local jails are disproportionately people of color, overwhelmingly poor, and most have not been convicted of a crime. Uh, 
about that with Scooby-Doo Scratch. Like, what? They haven't been convicted of a crime. Something doesn't compute, right? This is why you have to tune into this show. You need to get the facts. The Sentencing Project reports that more than 60% of the people in prison are racial and ethnic minorities. But black males in their 30s, one in every 10 is in prison or jail on any given day. And according to the U.S. Bureau of Justice Statistics, at year-end 2019, an estimated 14% of sentenced state prisoners were age 55 or older. The median age of state prisoners at year-end 2019 was actually 36 years old. The California Department of Corrections and Rehab, otherwise known as CDCR, reports that as of December 2020, there were 97,626 prisoners under CDCR jurisdiction. Of these, 29.9% were black, 41.1% were Hispanic, 21.4% were white, and 6.2% were other. And last but not least, according to the CDCR, as of December 2020, there were 4,276 female inmates under CDCR jurisdiction. And of these, 29.1% were black, 37.8% were Hispanic, and 26.3% were white, and 5.5% were other. Once again, I am your guest co-host, Beja Brown, and these are the facts. No spin, no blend, no putting nothing in, straight numbers. And you're tuned in to Tales from the Plantation Nation, baby. Damn, thank you for that. Thank you very much, Beja. Welcome back, y'all, Tales from the Plantation Nation. Thank you, thank you very much. So those numbers... Again, no spin, no blend, no put nothing in. Strictly, strictly numbers, y'all. These are the facts. So, Jabre, after listening to that, is there anything that you heard amongst those facts that stood out to you, that caught your ear? I mean, I, I feel like all of them, bro, you know, plays, you know, were significant because it's the truth. And no one really, well, it's not taking nothing from anyone, but I don't feel like those, like those, those numbers really highlight or embody so I say, like, the reality of being behind bars and actually living amongst it, you know. Mm. Um, so, Speak on you that. know, I just say that, yeah, bro, I just, you know, again, I just, and, and, and this is what I've been doing, you know, I hear, bro, is just speaking truth to that, you know, like sitting up in there with individuals that have those, you know, on paper death sentences and, and the humility, exactly. the, the human, like, you know, like even, you know, when I speak of my brother, like, this was literally probably, and I lie to you not. This I lie to not, I do not lie to the audience when I say that this is probably one of the most humble, respectful men like that I've ever met, literally. And he's sitting there right. with a death sentence, you know. So um, they all stood out, bro, significant, and I feel like that's a that's a key imperative aspect, you know, that uh, well of of the reality of things that needs to be, you know, preached to the, you know the people out there. 
Thank you, Fernand. I think you make a great point when you said, you know, to hear the numbers is one thing, but it's a total different ball game when you're actually living it. And we, you know, because you're on the show today, it's centered around sort of um, locking people up at a young age. So some of the segments and things that we talk about, like you heard many of those stats that dealt with juvenile incarceration. We have a segment coming up later on that's going to talk about it. Exactly. You know, you were locked up at, at 17 years old, bro. And you were just I a baby. Locked up at you still, you know. Yeah, your feet on the court is barely forming now. Yeah. Tried as yeah. an adult. Tried as an adult. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, like I, like I say, bro, I, I speak from definitely a place of, 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 of having had healed from it. You know, I don't have any anger or animosity towards the system or my county or my judge. You know, honestly, I can't wait for the day so I can sit down in front of my judge, you know, my district attorney and thank them. Like, you guys very mm-hmm. well saved my life with the direction that I was living. So I don't, you know, I don't feel any animosity. I feel like, you know, God has control over all this, and, and he gave me that 19-year sentence. It wasn't the system. You know, it wasn't the courts. It wasn't the DA or the, the jury. No, he gave that to me. You know, he knew it would wake me up. So, again, bro, man, I'm I'm appreciative, man, of having gone through all of that. Well, that's big for you to it takes a great deal of spiritual maturity, you know, spiritual and emotional maturity to say that because everybody's not in that place, whether it be for political reason, you know, some people like fucking yeah. system, whether it be for emotional reason or spiritual reason. Yeah. So it's big for you to yes, have sir. reached your, your personal evolution and your level of growth, whatever it took for you to get there. And I celebrate yeah. that and yes, accomplish that because the bottom line is you didn't made it through. And not only did you make it through, but you made it through in grand fashion, and you're doing it in a way that's helping other oh, yeah. people. And so I want to highlight changes. Let's talk about changes for a second. So I want you okay. to come back and tell us yeah. what changes, what it is, again, and why you started. Let's start there. Okay. Um, okay. So, so, so the name, the the um, the acronym what, what that I gave changes? you, like what, what is what is changes, Jabre? So. Changes, the meaning of it, the meaning of changes as the nonprofit organization is Community Healing Alliance, normalizing growth through education and self-awareness. Let me, let me make no, a note I'm of sorry. that. I'm sorry. Let me be clear. I wasn't yeah. asking what it meant. I was asking okay. what is this function? What is this purpose? Why did you create it? Where did it come from? Where did, what was it oh, first okay. out of? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So at the height of, uh, at the, height of the pandemic, you know, mind you, I'll tell you, uh, about 2019, 20, that's when I had, you know, just started to get in my first couple self-help groups, you know, and those are, you know, rehabilitative, you know, groups that are offered inside of prison. Um, okay. You know, I just started to find my groove in them, right? Um, wow. Um, like, you know, like I graduated from my first one, and, you know, it, it felt good, like being able to be in those spaces, bro. And, and for a lot of people that don't know what, what, yeah, what happens in self-help groups is, it's, it's, it's really the true embodiment of, 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 of support groups. Yeah, the curriculum changes, but more so it's a support group. We sitting up in there in circles. We sitting there in groups, and, and we bring in our real-life experiences. And it takes time, you know, because you got to understand the climate of where we're at, you know, where we were at. Um, but you go up in there, you just you, you build with one another, the, the true embodiment of iron sharpening iron. So, um just that began, you know, mind, I'm 23 years old. You know, I came back. I had this reduced sentence. So already my mindset was already focused on, like, okay, let me get in these groups. Let me surround myself around these 
the, the things and aspects that I want to start applying in my life. Um, COVID hit. So COVID hit. Okay, so COVID shut down. As everyone knows, COVID shut down everything. So, um, so okay, COVID shut down the classes. My mentor is leaving, and um, and I don't mm. think I think we were cut off on a break, but I didn't get to. I'll, I'll share briefly, you know, what my my mentor's last words to me when we uh when we went our separate ways. Um, you know, he told me like straight up, like if if you want to repay me, if you want to do like if you want to make me proud, just pass along what I gave to you. Simple as that. Wow. Pass along the message wow. that I gave to you. The impact that I made right. in your life, that's how you repay me. You go have that impact in someone else's life. And um mm-hmm. and, and I stuck with it, bro. So, you know, mind you, shut down the classes I'm still, you know, I'm I'm still, you know, relishing in and in, in, in the impact that the classes already having on me, coupled with my mentor's last words. So while at the height of the pandemic, 2020, March 12th of 2020, I sat down, I got my notebook, and I wrote simply on a piece. And I know it probably to some it may sound cliche, but that's exactly how it happened. I wrote on a piece of paper, <laughs> self-help group about insight. And insight right. stood out of, to me because I I always been a strong believer, you know, through finding myself through these groups that in order to move forward, you have to have first move back, look back, reflect it back. And, um, mm-hmm. and I didn't even, you know, putting changes together, I didn't even really know the true definition of what insight was. But I just know that that's what I was learning a lot. You know, that's what was helping me. So when I started piecing together uh, changes, bro, honestly, I didn't even have a name. I, I think I had the curriculum. Right and didn't even have a name. Um, so changes, uh, so prior to COVID coming, I was in the Defy Ventures, Defy Ventures group. Um, it's, a, it's a business entrepreneurship business uh, group that they was running, that they were running on the yard. And, shout um, out Defy. And, yeah, Defy, shout out to Defy. So um, that's where I had really came up with the name, Changes. So, mind okay. you, it's, it's not what it was. It today. sounds like it was you was going through that. some changes, bro. You was going through some changes. Oh, yeah. Real life changes. Real life changes. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, and like I say, bro, I didn't, when I started talking about the group, I, did, I honestly, I didn't even have a name. And, um, bro, right. but just like right. you just said, bro, that part right there, I was going through these, 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 these transformations in my own stuff, these changes in my own life. And, but see, and that's how I it goes, that brother Jabre. Right? Yeah. That's how it goes, yeah. bro. That's how 10P program was formed. It was born out of necessity. You know, I created the 10P program on a level four maximum security 180. You know the story, you know. And yeah. I, I started yeah. it because just like you, I got a taste of something, and I didn't know. I was on the yard where nobody was going home. Nobody understood the parole yeah. process. But I had begun research yeah. and rehabilitation and antisocial personality disorder and, and emotional literacy. And once I got a taste of these things and I started facilitating these programs, in order for me to keep it for myself, I had to give it to others. Kind of like the Bible says, cast your lot upon the seat. So that's what you did, it sounds like. In order to maintain what your, your, your mentor had tapped into for you, in order for you that to part. keep it going for yourself, you started giving that it part, to others. That mm-hmm. part. And that's what that's what changes became the true embodiment of, man, a, a real support group, bro. You know, uh, um, you know, it, t- it took me three years. You know Eric. You know shout out to Eric Lake, Lancaster CRM. Shout out Eric Lake. Congratulations. Out. Yeah, we're gonna stop. 
Yeah, we're gonna shout out to her, but we you you and I both know Erica Lake. She she ain't finna give it to you on the first go around. She wanna see if you actually oh, serious no. about it. So well, it, it took, took me it three took, years. It took me like two it took me like two years. Yeah, so <laughs> so we I feel exactly you. so I was chasing I was chasing me, Erica Lake yeah. across the yard. I'd be walking all alongside the fence. You know she tall so she walked fast. So she'd be like, I said, can we talk? She said, we can walk and talk. So I'll be racing alongside the fence, telling her I got this program, I got this proposal, I want to do it here, please, please that help part. us, help us, let's do it. And she'd be like, man, get it to me. That part. You know, yeah, bro. So I seen, I seen, I seen, I seen. Honestly, I what, what really, like, what really, what really grabbed my attention, bro, is I promise you, I went and um, MacGyvered my own sign up sheets together. I went and copied the sign up sheets <laughs> from somewhere else, and literally, yeah, man. So, um, yeah. and, and, and bro, I, I went to all five, it was five buildings on the yard. I went to all five buildings, bro, on both sides of the day rooms. I put up a sign-up sheet. It didn't have no, uh, um, it didn't have no introduction to it. It didn't have no description. Mine just on the level four prison yard. Um, yes, sir. I didn't put, I didn't put no introduction, no nothing. I just put changes. I put one word, changes. And bro, I literally had over a hundred signatures. I didn't even put my name on who that's was doing beautiful. it. I just had put it. Just change, man, bro. That's how. Man, that's how on. hungry people are for change. Changes. I put changes on a level four, and mind you, like I said, I'm still piecing together the curriculum. I didn't have it all together, and I took that back to my cell, bro. And I knew I had something. Um, so again, you know, as time went by, changes well, let's, let's, began let's, let's to take form. Yeah. Well, let's touch on what changes represents real quick for a second. So what changes represents, because you said I put it up on the wall and I knew I had something, and I want to highlight again what's so special about you being here. In addition to the fact that you're 26 years old and you're already yeah. back doing the work, you know, That's you've hard. created your own self-help program, now come nonprofit. And what's important yeah. about that, at yeah. the beginning of this discussion, you said, you know, you saw the work that I did, and you was like, man, I paved the That's way, hard. you following my footsteps. Before I saw me do That's it, hard. I didn't see nobody do it. You feel me? That part. And what's very yeah. important about yes, it, as sir. a young black male, came from having a life sentence. I had a life sentence in the pen, bro, and I had to find rehabilitation for myself. I did everything you just explained about putting a sign-up list on the walls and all that stuff. I, I had to do all that stuff when it wasn't even cool to be in a rehabilitation program. You feel me? That part. Because Tempe has been that running part. inside CDCR for like a decade now, and it takes, yeah. Yeah. it takes a certain level of determination a certain level yeah. of like I'm done with this lifestyle. I'm I'm 100% yeah. dissatisfied. Not only do I want to change my life, yeah. but I want to help other change other people's lives. And what's important yeah. about what you're doing you're is right. the fact that you're young you're right. and you're entering into yeah. this space as a young black male. And we're not allowing mm-hmm. people to just mm-hmm. have control over what rehabilitation looks like in our section that part. For, to our people that because part. it's important. You know what I mean? When you have these people coming in from with these these lab coats on who ain't never been in our shoes, and they're trying to tell you you need to do this or walk this way, I mean, we can receive some of it, but it's easier and much more yeah. palatable when it comes to people who've been through it. And that, and that right really here. live it. That's what it and was. everybody on that That's yard that was. knows you knows yeah. you really live it. Everybody yeah. knows Jai Bray was really with the business. Jai Bray would have, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and now he really turned his life around here to help you heal. Everybody knows that, that. and when they and when your reputation precedes you like that, and it, it is behind those walls, yeah. and then you create change, and people want to be a yeah. part of that. And so I, I just yeah. want to be clear That's what real. changes represents. The 10P yeah. program changes prison from the inside out. These organizations represent organic, yeah. organic That's self-help part. rehabilitative yeah. opportunities 
from people who have yeah. actually been inside, yeah. changed their lives yeah. in the midst of the struggle and came yeah. back and now are helping yeah. others. So I just yeah. want to put it in perspective, bro. So please continue. Yeah. By, exactly. Yeah, no, buy us for us. We, yeah, we need all the help and, and support just, we can get. That part. And it, and, it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it, you just said it right there. You just said it right there. I was on a, I was on a yard, and you had all these groups. And mind you, when COVID happened, like I said, they wiped us out. So, you know, I'm sitting back like, damn. Like, I, I, not only had I put up these sign-up seats and seen there was a thirst, but all these people were still talking about it, bro. Like, damn, when this class going to come back? When this class going to come back? So I, I, I right. sat back. Mind you, I'm going through these transformations myself. When I started to piece together changes, I wasn't all the way there, you know. Right. Changes course, helped me get not. there. Changes helped me get there. But just knowing that, okay, not only is these lab coat people, these people with these suits coming in, not only can they provide insight, but who are these people going to be more receptive to? The lab coats in, exactly. in, in three-piece suits or the person that's in the oh. blue shirt with them living in it? Right. You know, right. of course it was pushed back because a I'm, I'm a, yeah, I mean, I'm, a, I'm this 24-year-old, you know, kid. You know, a lot of people were still used to seeing me in the, in the old negative life, you know, uh, light that I had, you know, I paid for myself on that same yard. Um, but it was a matter of Job Bray coming to that realization, that point that, you know, I want to better for myself. And my mentor told me that in order to pay him back, because that's what it began at. That's what I'm going to be on, all honest. It wasn't just about, oh, Jabray putting his name out there and Jabray. It was about Stephen Evans, you know, helping contribute to, you know, the changes, you know, that was fostered in my life. But me passing, right. me helping pass along the message that he gave to me. So that's what changes started all that. You know, now, you know, you know, as, as time goes by, as I'm sure 10 piece started off as one thing. And then, and then begin to take form and foster into something, oh, you know, way more. 100%. Meaningful. 100%. So, and it's, it's all the OGs like the Hank. Yeah. 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 And it's that's all the OGs like Hank what, and Benny. I mean, and Sleep, all the people that believed in me and saw me making my change. Donnie Ray, all the folks that would walk laps with me who, who didn't. And see, like you made a good, another great point. Though you were 24 or 26 years old at the time, on the prison yard, you know, your actions speak volumes because it, it you can't escape from your decisions. As soon as you make a decision, it spreads like wildfire. You say something, it's going to go around the yard. You make an action, it's going to go around the yard. And your, re- your consequences are going to come back to you ASAP. And yeah. so it's the same with yeah. positivity, right? And when you yeah. make a decision to do something uh-huh. positive, that decision is going to yeah. circle around the yard fast. And the thing about that is that not everybody has the courage to make a positive decision. You see? That part. And so you have these people that have been in prison for 30 years. A person could be 50 years old and still won't step out of the shadows of their own traumas. Still won't step out of the shadows of the decisions that was being made by their 17-year-old self. So when you see someone like you come along or me come along or anybody that has the courage to step out of the shadows of that control of their traumas, it's significant. It's significant. Yeah, man. Yeah, bro. And, and again, you know, like I said, changes – you know, that's what it started off as. You know, I'm going to be honest. It started off as me repaying, you know, what my brother gave to me. Um, but just slowly that's but awesome. surely, you know, working working in it, and I'm, and I'm sure that you can attest to doing it as well. It didn't start off in the chapel. It didn't start, no, we were doing it in the day room. I was exactly. putting out three, four dudes in the day room because I On was still trying to, okay. Yeah, what? On the yard. We, we're, it's four Straight or five of us. We ain't getting no credits. No, even when it Nothing. changes ultimately 
Yeah, what? The words ain't getting. And mind you, and I used to tell them, and I'm going, and I'm, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm, and I'm a back that what I told them back then when I was in the, and when I was in the chapel and I was in the classrooms, I was like, hey, when I'm on them stages, when I have those platforms, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell them how you had individuals in here with life sentences that weren't getting any credit, that weren't getting any chronos, no support letters, no certificates that were coming in a chapel weekly, consistently, mm-hmm, participating mm-hmm. in self-help group by the name of Changes on a level for just to give you context, on a level four prison yard, wasn't, weren't, wasn't gaining anything but that self-gratification, that, 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 self, that self, you know, fulfillment of, of, of actually doing the work and we're doing right. it consistently. So when, when I started to see that, when I started to receive the support, from the brothers on the yard, changes oh, took on a whole different meaning, bro. It, it took so on a whole different meaning. I'm like, yo, this is a space it gives you where we could come up here, we could put down the mask, we could break down those barriers, bro, and we can iron sharpening iron. That was that was our motto in there. Iron sharpening iron. See, that's what changes. See, transferable skills, Jabre. Transferable skills, yeah. brother. Excuse me for cutting you off, man. I'm raising my hand in a circle right now transferable skills, you realize that those same leadership skills that you have been using, that same level of determination and discipline you have been utilizing to focus on negativity, you start applying it by way of Stephanie, you start same applying energy. it towards positivity and you got a taste of it. Same energy. And you was like, man, these are transferable skills and I want to, I want to, yeah, I want to transfer this. And you got a taste and, you, same and that hunger was, that, that fire was lit. Same energy, and that's what bro. people need to know. Like, I remember hearing you say it. I remember hearing you say it. I remember other brothers saying like in the same, and I, and I say it out here and I, in that same light, when we was in that negative lifestyle, and just in anything, like, like you know, when, you know, I'm pretty sure we got some athletes on the air, you know, when, when, when you're in the gym and you go all in, or, or you, you, you're a chef and you go all in in, 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 in your recipes, and, or you're a mother and you go all in in raising your children, this is the exactly. transferable energy that, that, no that people was doing in negative lifestyle. Yeah. That's right. It's the same exactly. energy. That thing. And so, I kept the same energy. This is what I want you to so, think about. Yeah. Thank you for keeping it, Brother Jabre. Thank you for being authentic and serving as a vessel of the Most High, man. Yes, sir. And um, yes, this is what sir. I want you to think about. You know, when I mention your name in the circles right now, when I step back in, everybody light up and smile. I know they can't wait for the for the graduation when you walk up in there. That's going to be like Jesus coming back. So with that said, <laughs> I, want you to, I want you to think for a second, before we go to the artist going the hardest, our next segment, I want you to think about, you know, three things. If you had to share anything with the brothers that, we, you know, we sit in a circle with, that we sit there and talk to all the time. Um, they used to ask me questions all the time. What's going on out there? What's it like? You remember all the stuff I come yeah. in and share and talk about. So yeah, now yeah, you're yeah. in that position. So I want you to think about three things that have stood out to you since you've been home, whether it be something that we've discussed or something that we've never discussed. You know what I mean? Yeah. When we come back from the segment, yeah. we're going we gonna, to we gonna broach those topics, all right? Okay. Okay. All right, did that. So we're going to step into – uh, this is the artist. This is the Tales from the Plantation Nation. I'm your host, Samuel Nathaniel Brown. I got my host, my, my, my guest on here, Jabre Dixon, the prince. You know what I'm saying? Whoa, whoa. So happy. Yeah, yeah. And now we got my brother, Engineer Yusuf, is about to take us into the artist going the hardest on episode seven. Tales from the Plantation Nation. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Half these niggas don't even believe you locked up. I don't know nobody's basement looks like this, you feel me? This shit is 
painful, man. I'm gonna take you in the mind of a convict. Let you know what I feel every day. You understand? Let's go. Listen, and maybe you will see that everything that happened isn't meant to be. I say, listen, and maybe you will see that everything that happened isn't meant to be. I know, I know. that it hurts like hell. I know, I know. But you don't want to seem scared. I know, peace is so hard to find, especially with all the shit that's on your mind. I know, time's getting hard. I try not to think about it. I'm in the pen now, trying right to ink about it. I've been a little more stressed since my wife left me. The devil's inside, I feel like you might get me. And I can shine, just depending how the light hit me. The drugs fuck your life up, ain't they right with me? And I've been taking over the lot, they don't seem to work. And words ain't shit, now they all seem to hurt. It's just I went away, the one I thought loved me. Come see me twice a year, and that's if I'm lucky. For them backstabbing buffoons When the night stuck me It's a lot deeper than the wounds, nigga Cause I done cash my reality check Surrounded by the fake But can't escape reality yet I was trying to feed my family Took me as a threat Put me away Now it's hard for me to accept That things change And it's hard for me to forget Baby mom getting pregnant over meaningless sex Not to mention Mother's Day I lost one of my best homies My son got love for the pop That he can't show me he don't even know who I am I mean he do, but he don't really know who I am And that's the truth, so I gotta take that with a grain of salt Expected everything that's happened is my fault I may never see my mom on the street again The Lord calling me, I might end up meeting him Before I ever see my date of release Cause it's all the game, but these niggas playing for keeps And the fact still remains the pain is the real emotion Something you gotta hide a door you can't open Cause even when you feel like everything's been broken Man gotta be man, even if it's pretend I can't hold it in, most of these niggas alive Sometimes I gotta take me a shower to cry That's the only time I get a moment that's private My moment of peace and that's where I find it This is my life that's making me sick Learning bars and barbed wires only make me sick Leave me confined, let my mind mentally picture a nigga fucking my bitch while I'm beating my dick. Damn. What would you do if you was in my shoes? Thoughts of suicide before my kids I choose to survive hell on earth. Cause this is hell I curse. Whoever created it, they should have laid it near first. So they can feel how they own shit work. Spitefulness is bad, ignorance is worse. Cause least I know when you do shit out of spite I can respect it more cause you know what it's like So don't act like you've been where I've been If you ain't never been here How could you begin to know what I had to go through Time you can't blow through Trying to make it out without a house to come home to Trying to make sense of it all I'm an artist but I don't have a pencil to draw So I express my thoughts vocally Paint a picture for y'all So you don't have to count bricks on these walls who wants to live like that? Most niggas can't call the crib like that. You can't bid like that. Freedom is everything. Niggas cherish their lives more. Shit you throw away, these niggas willing to die for. You better recognize before we too late. Dude at home 30 days, caught a new case. And it hurt bad, not cause that's your man. It's cause you wish it was you that had that second chance. Now you. Maybe you will see that everything that happened isn't meant to be. I say, listen, and maybe you will see.
Welcome back, y'all. That was the artist going the hardest. That was Listen by Rip. That was heat. And, um, that was heat. Wasn't it, though? <laughs> Talk to me about that it. Wasn't heat. it, though? Man, you know, I love this show so much, man, because we bring something that everybody else don't bring. We bring that, that real, that authentic. So the brother was sitting there in the cell beating on a great drum on, on a bucket, and it was rapping and singing, you know. And I can't tell you how many times I was in that same position, bro, beating on the table, beating on the desk beating on my bunk, and it got me through. Yeah. It got me through. Yeah. It was therapy. Then all the times I was singing out the door to the day room, you know, singing out my bars or on the set, or on the yard style to my partner Nino and, and Yiddy and all the times we had all the cyphers on the yard and everybody surrounded us, and it keeps the peace and it gets us through. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. music is a Sabbath piece, bro. So I really felt that. And that brother That's said, fun. he said, I don't even know if I'm going to see my mama on the streets again, man. That was deep. Yeah, you know? I heard that. That's what stood out. That's what stood out the most. And that was... That line. You know, that's something that we talk about in the 10P program. Remember I told y'all we have an assignment in the 10P program in uh, the, the, the parole preparation workshop called 100% Dedication. And in that assignment, yeah. the question is asked, like, what if somebody that really cared about you, that believed in you, who thought you was trying your best yeah. to come home, died while yeah, you were still part. in the hospital yeah, setting? You were playing you know, that part. I yeah, you that. were playing. You sitting here, and I told y'all, the motivational factor for me was my mama. I had to get home before my mama died, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I went to the whole yard yeah. and told people, don't don't ask me about your weed debts, your meth debts, your your phone debts, no nothing. That's not important to my more important to me yeah. getting home to my mama. So I felt that line. That, that was hard right there, bro. I felt it too, so bro. Back to our even before we man, even dive in. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I just want yeah, before we even dive in, because I um I shared that with, with some youth today at, at the at the continuation of high school. And um, that line what, right share, here, man. Which you know, part you share? You share what, Jabray? Just about that mom. Not, 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 not. You know, after my sentence, you know, they handed me my 19-year sentence. And my mama's sitting there crying. You know, like I was telling yeah, them yeah. today, I'm like, you know, that, that was the first thing that went in my head. I promise. When I walked down that rotunda, shackled back up, I added my 19-year sentence on top of my mom's age. I'm like, damn, man. mom's 46. Okay, damn, nineteen. That's six. Am I gonna see my mama again? So you know, that's 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 that that line it resonated. Even with you just saying, bro, that was my motivation getting back to my mom. Yeah, that's the turning point right there, bro. Because that's the one yeah, person that yeah. always has my back no matter what. No questions. Always asked, got your you know back. What I'm saying? And always. That's, that's and that part. I've seen so I've seen so many people, man, lose their moms and stuff while they was incarcerated. And that was something I never wanted to experience. So, so. Thank Absolutely. you, Mama, for, you know, doing your best to stick it out and stay around while I'm here because you did all them 24 years with me, and now my job is improving the quality of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. And thank you, Mama. Thank you, Mama Yusuf. You know what I'm saying? We love you. That's right. We love all our moms. Yeah. So, so, yeah, back to yeah. our conversation, right? Yeah, yeah. So you said the three things, the three things, right? Yeah, three things. I'm, okay. I want you to know I'm really, so, really, really enjoying this discussion too, bro. I'm really happy to have oh, you me, here. Oh, me, you know, bro, what? It's cool. You know, we've been this been manifested in years in the making. You know, we we we've been. 100%. I've been waiting for this, brother. Um. So <laughs> yeah. Right. So I, I I so me personally, you know, I still do. I got all my partners on the global telling app. You know, for it, th- those that don't know, they they have a tablet. You know, they have a, a global telling tablets in there. So. You know, I have the opportunity to text, you know, send pictures to a lot of my close friends that I left behind, or 
that I, that I left behind momentarily. Um, right. So there are three things, you know, that and, – and these men, I, I promise, like, are, are so filled with joy when they see me in the suit and the tie and the – Oh, you know, man. Doing work. What? Man, I know. Just like you yeah, used to look know, at me. Not exactly. So – um, so I do have three things, right? I do have three things that I share with them and will intend to share with everyone else that I, you know, I go in there and, 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 and you know, October 10th, I will be returning to Lancaster State Prison, you know, by the grace of God, you know, shout out to, again, Erica Lake, you know, my parole all officer right. for all uh, allowing it to happen. I'll be able to go up in there for the graduation of changes. So uh, that's beautiful. Um, we'll be there. After you, I know, you know, absolutely, brother. So, uh, so three things, man, that, that that I highlight to them and that, you know, I will highlight to anyone that's in that shoe, you know, in those shoes, is family. You know, most importantly, family. You know, uh, there's so much family out here just ready to embrace you. So much family out here just ready to just love you. You know, yeah, you could get, you know, I, I had my mind set up on there, bro, you know, when I was inside of there, like, oh, I'm not going to be talking to family and certain families that wasn't here. I'm going to be honest, bro. Once the hugs came, all that went out the window. That I'm not about to let no. Man, that disappeared, bro. When we start hugging and crying together, man, I, I I didn't care about what letter you didn't send me or what birthday you didn't call me, man. We here today. What are we going to do now? So, um, so man, yeah, brother. So, you know, just this last week, you know, I was able to, you know, hug my grandmother, my, my father's mom. You know, we, 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 man, bro, we, we never had a relationship. That's a really big one. You know, really, really big one. Glad you mentioned that because so many small superficial differences keep our people, you know, separated, bro. And you hear it all the time yeah. in the pen. You hear the stories of the men. Yeah. Somebody, they don't want to talk to their sister or their mama or their cousin or their uncle behind something small. So that's really good that you said that. Let people know that that, that shit is irrelevant. Yeah. It's going to fall to the wayside man, if you allow it to. be. Man, what exactly? So, you know, family, you know, a lot of our family that we, you know, put behind us and put the homies in the hood and the, the politics first and the families, you know, still stood behind us. Um, so family, exactly. most importantly, bro. Uh, number two, you know, the, the, you know, I feel that that follows that, you know, that you need family, you know, to reinforce it is opportunity. It's so much opportunity mm. out here, bro. I've been home a month mm. and I don't, like I said, say this to, you know, son, anyone else's or say no, no one else is trying. But I've been at home a month, bro, and I have two jobs. I have a full-time job and I have a, I have a part-time job. And the part-time you job is. You got ten jobs, boy. Yeah, that part, that part. I got two jobs, <laughs> bro, and I've been out sixty days. You know, so there's Man. so much opportunity, bro. If if you, if you put your mind to it. it that is. part, brother, and, and most importantly. And let me, and let me ask you: know, you is, is that yeah. not? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. I was just going to ask you, is that not the most, the main message that I came and delivered to you every single week? Is that not yeah, the main thing? Yeah. Like, I've been coming in to tell it you was. that there's opportunities out here. Should you apply yourself on the inside, you can utilize that your part. lived experience and come out here and succeed. That's uh-huh. why I come in and I tell y'all every single week, bro. So I'm happy to hear you echoing and yeah. telling the men and the women. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and you just said something that, that ties into my third you know, um, that, that my third and I feel most important, you know, um, um, and, you know, thing, you know, and, and advice. And it goes into something that I that remember. I don't know if you remember. I remember you had gotten out, and it was one of our first conversations. I called you on the wall phone, and I asked you, like, like, what, like, how is it? Like, how is the adjustment? What is it? 
and you told me something, bro, that stuck with me. You said, I mean, it's, 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 I don't believe you said, don't quote me, not verbatim, but you said like somewhere along uh-huh. the lines, like, it, it, it's easy because I was free mentally before I was free physically. And you I held on to that, bro. What? I, what? I'm talking about that was the realest, most authentic thing I had heard before, you know? Like, damn, I was free mentally. Like, wow. Um, right. So I remember that saying that to you, what, and I remember how it impacted you. That part. And that's what I will, will – will, that would be my biggest piece of advice if I have one thing to say. Now, now I did go in order. You know, they all have their own stories. <laughs> but if I had if I have anything, if I had one thing to say, bro, it's that the preparation starts in there. Not when you reach the finish line, right? No, no, mm-hmm. Not, not mm-hmm. when you come here. Not when you get out. No. Anything mm-hmm. that you have on your mind that you're willing to dedicate yourself to, the preparation started in there. And, and for mm-hmm. me... My first week, bro, still to this day, people ask me, oh, how is it? How? You know, especially those first couple of days. And I'm like, right. like I'm really analyzing it, right? Like, damn, how do I feel? I, say, I feel normal. And and I'm like, I feel normal. And, and I reiterated exactly the message that you gave me, bro, when I would tell people this, my family, my friends. I said, I feel normal because I was already free mentally. I was free mentally right. inside of this. I, I didn't look right. at, you know – you know, a cell. Nah, that was a university. Nah, that was my office. You know, I didn't look at the yard. Right. And, no, no, this is this is a. I didn't look at a confinement to these four walls. You know, when I'm up in the cell, you can attest to it. I'm in the cell and I'm writing. I'm 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 I'm, I'm doing changes work. I wasn't. That's I right. was. I was physically confined. I was physically confined. Yeah, but I wasn't confined mentally. So, you know, my my biggest piece of advice to everyone that's on the inside. You know, the audience. You know, if you speak to your families. You know your loved ones, and you talk to them, and you hear this episode. Just let them know that the preparation starts while they're inside of there, not when they get to the finish line. If you want to stop gang banging, don't wait till you get to the finish line and stop gang banging. I severed my gang ties while I was on the yard, while I was on the mm. level four yard, Come while on, I was man. in the midst Come of the chaos. You know, in the I didn't sever my ties with the politics while. Oh, when I got to the, I'm not. You know, I know I did these things while I was in there. When I woke up right. every single day, bro, and I went to college, I went to class, I used to tell people, the COs and that, I said, this is a conditioning. Because, you know, I had a date. So you don't really see people a lot with dates getting up going to work, getting up going to class, nope. getting up going to Because they school. feel like I'm getting out, so I got to do nothing. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going home. When I started classes, right. bro, and I said in all humility, I was maxed out. But it was a conditioning thing. I said, these are the things that I want to do when I come home. So I'm not, I, I refuse to get caught in that mindset. So just, you know, family, it's a lot of family here, man. It's a lot of family out here, bro. I, I, I put all those, you know, worries, you know, all them feelings and the pride and all that, I'll put them all, you know, bottom them all up, bro, and I'm, I'm hugging my family. You know, the, 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 the opportunities are, are, are so much in 60 days, bro, and this is my first month. You know, I've been blessed by God, man, with That's two, incredible, two jobs. Man. Two jobs. And then the preparation, bro, the preparation starts while they're in there. So, the, yeah, that's, that's, that's my, you know, that's my biggest piece of uh, advice, brother. That's great advice, and it's been an honor having you on the show. So I want to ask you, what are the first two Ps in, in, in 10P, bro? She's going to put me on the spot right now, right? Um, I sure am. Ooh, oh, okay. 
I want so I want to say don't 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 I'm not locking this in yet, right? So I want to say proper preparation, right? But I I, okay. I, I, I I'm, I'm leaning towards parole portfolio. <laughs> well, in the spirit of your third your third point that you made is prior preparation. Prior preparation prevents prior a poor performance. Okay. Actually, there you know what? Do, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bro. You correct. I'm I'm sorry. This, I'm on the last half. You on the first half. So you are 100% correct. It is portfolio, sir. The last part of the 10 okay. P is prior preparation. So I stand corrected. I'm 100% apologize. 10 P. <laughs> Straight up. That's it's what you're saying, though. You know what I'm saying? Because preparing ahead of that time part. is what's going to make all the difference in the world. That's it what's going to make all the difference in the world. Taking this time right now. That's what it was yeah, for, me, what it was for me, bro. I, I, I walked out yeah, with three college degrees, a strong support yeah. network, and everything from the work yeah. that I was doing up in there preparing. So I'm exactly. so happy that you came on. I'm actually going to invite you to come back again because we got much to discuss. And you just oh, yeah, getting yeah, started. In the back, the world's going to learn your anytime. name. Yeah, anytime, man. You know, anytime, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm free. Just let me know, you know, when you need me, how you need me, and what capacity, bro. And, and I'm here, man. And I'm appreciative, brother. It's always an honor and a pleasure. Why don't you give all the people all your social media handles and your email address or how they can get in touch with you and support okay. changes and support um, you. Okay, so let me let me go down the list. My my Facebook, you know, is uh uh J that's J A Y, uh middle initial R, last name Dixon, D I X O N. That's my Facebook. Um uh, my Instagram is the underscore that's that's T H A underscore print t r i n the print the underscore print <laughs> underscore the number two um that's my that's my instagram um my email is uh j period changes that's c h a n g e s um twenty three at gmail dot com so uh, on either one of those platforms you know you guys can reach out to me man you know, I'm an open book. You know, the brother right here, man, I, I have to give your flowers again, brother. Man, I appreciate the platform, the opportunity to come uh, uh, speak the truth, man. And, you know, I'm out here doing the work. You know, I've been home a month, bro. And, and man, this is only the beginning, brother. It is only the beginning. And I'm going to continue to do the work just like you, bro, and that's what it's about. So I'm honored Absolutely. to have, you know, when I, most of the time, all the time, I, I pride myself on being a humble person contrary to what haters might say. And yeah, I'm I'm always you know it always takes me aback anytime because you speak highly of me, bro, and you do it right in my face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and you oh, do absolutely. it to others. And and with that said, you know, just stepping up and owning the work that I've done and and being who I am, it feels good to have paved this way and help usher in this new form of rehabilitation for the whole state of California. Because you know I created this program like a decade ago, and I can na- I can name all of these these main organizations that are known for it. All of them came to me while I was incarcerated. And I won't say all, but a bunch of them. And so it feels so good to have somebody like you, somebody like you that's not a taker, that's not trying to violate, that's not, you know, to to come along and actually do the work, make the change, and come back and say, you know what, man, I've seen you, I respect you, I appreciate you, and I'm here for it too. That feels so good. So I just want you to know, bro, anything that I can do, my network, I'm here. I'm I'm pushing the line. I want people to know that we're not rehabilitating the image of prisoners. We're rehabilitating the image of people. You know what I'm saying? I run the podcast. Absolutely. I got the clothing line. I got the music. I'm out here. They say I'm Absolutely. doing too much. I'm not doing enough. I just had a life sentence. Everything I do is to make living the yeah. men 
and show that just because the person made a bad decision, it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. And any of us could come back Absolutely. and make pro-social decisions and be contributing right. factors to society like you. Yeah, you're right, brother. Man, and, uh, you know, before I do log up out of here, man, you know, I'd I like to give a few shout-outs, man, to my family. Most importantly, my family, y'all, on my backbone, you know, you guys held me down. You guys stood by me, not only while I was incarcerated, but since I've come home. Um Right. And let's give a big shout out to you, you know, our sister, you know, our 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 our, our sister organization, Prison from the Inside Out. You know, definitely I'll got a big shout out. Like, man, you know, so I know they I know they tapped in right now. So shout out to all y'all, the whole team, Monea, you know, Portia, man, all y'all. So um you know, outside of that, yeah, man, got to. You know, my, my mentor again, you know, Stephen Evans, you know, I don't know if his wife, my sister is uh, is tapped in but you know, I, I told him, man, when I'm on the stages, bro, I'm going to shout your name out. You know, well, it's um, all good. She can get the link later so, on. Absolutely. So, you know, and then most importantly, man, the man above, man, that made it all possible, God. So I'm thankful, right. bro. I'm appreciative. You know, you can have me on any time. Again, you know, y'all could tap in, you know, on the, any platform, any social media platform. You know, I'm an open book, man. We could holler. We could chop it. We could build more. Um, I'm out here, man. The print. The Prince, we locked in, bro. Extremely proud of you. Thank you for all of your all right, work. Bro. We look forward to talking to you again Absolutely. soon. Man, I love you, brother. Right. Man, I appreciate it. All right. Love you too, bro. Ten P. Ten P. All right now. <laughs> yes, sir. Ten P. With that said, there you go. Ten P changes, baby. <laughs> yeah, That's right. Yeah. That's right, bro. That's what I'm all talking right, now. about. Now I'm out of here. Yes, sir. Peace. Keep up the great work. Okay. All right. Likewise. Right on. So am I. Yeah, man, we talk about fulfilling. Y'all have no idea. Like, typically, I don't talk about this stuff like that, but to have the brothers, you know, or, or the, the participants or the, the individuals from the inside who are 10P alumni come home and come on the show like we had Jose, you know what I'm saying? We had um, we had Big Vic. To have these brothers come on the show after serving 32 years, 15 years, 10 years, 20 years, and then to be out here doing the work, it feels good. It really does feel good. It's very fulfilling. When when people's moms come up to me or their, their children and they say, hey, man, thank you for what you've done in my, my father's life or my son's life. Please keep up the great work. It's humbling. You know, it's humbling. I just want to say thank you. Thank you to everyone who is doing the work. Thank you to everyone who supports the people who are doing the work. Every Every woman that's incarcerated, you know, you're not by yourself. You're not alone. I know it gets hard because everybody always showing love to the men. But I just want to take the time and just send you some love from Tales in the Plantation Nation and let you know that you're not forgotten, all the incarcerated sisters out there. And then say thank you to all of the family, all of the friends that support people while they're incarcerated. And with that said, I send love and respect to all of the people who are crime survivors and next to kin to someone who's been a victim of a crime because this is not a one-sided thing. You know, it's not about the crime. I'm not supporting criminality at all. I'm more, we're more concerned about the healing of people in general. So with that said, this next segment, it actually deals with juvenile incarceration in America. So, Brother Yusuf, if you don't mind, could you run this last segment, this, this next segment on juvenile incarceration in America for us, please? And thank on you. any given night in America, nearly 50,000 years under the age on. of 18 are confined in facilities away from home, two-thirds of which are in correctional-style facilities. 
According to the nonprofit Prison Policy Initiative, this number has decreased over the last 20 years, but the United States still incarcerates the most children in the world. Sarah Hinger is a senior staff attorney with the ACLU's Racial Justice Program. The United States far outpaces other countries in detaining and otherwise criminalizing young people, and that has, uh, again, similar to the adult system, a disparate impact on youth of color who are disproportionately represented in contact with the criminal justice system. But why is that? And why are so many youths arrested in the first place? Michael Corriero is a former New York State Supreme Court justice. At the turn of the, of the 19th century, we created uh, the world's first juvenile justice system. The idea behind that was that as a society, we had an, a moral obligation to recognize the developmental differences of children as compared to adults. But the idea of rehabilitation through the prison system isn't working. In 2012, the Department of Justice began tracking formerly incarcerated people of all ages. The latest report, released in July, found that of individuals arrested at age 17 or younger, 71% had been rearrested within three years of their release. That number climbed to 80% by year five. The impact on an adolescent's access to education is part of the issue. In 2015, the Council of State Governments found one in three incarcerated youth were either receiving or needed special education services. The report also found more than half of incarcerated youth were behind grade level in reading and math, and around 60% had repeated a grade. The educational obstacles after prison begin before the first arrest, says Hinger, when school disciplinarians initially put a child in contact with the justice system. The school-to-prison pipeline refers to the process whereby school systems um, address young people through discipline um, and criminalization and effectively place them on a pipeline to continuing and more extensive contact with the justice system. And that can cause long-term harm. It ends up undermining um, any sort of positive modeling um, or reinforcement. Uh, it further removes the child's um, attachment to school, alienating them and pushing them forward towards more negative influences. And even if an adolescent is innocent when arrested, the length of time required to post bail could lead to a suspension or expulsion from school. So if a young person came into the system and bail was set and they were unable to make bail for two weeks or so, or someone was willing to put up the that young person's education would be disrupted to the extent that very often they were not permitted back into the, to the very schools that they were attending while they were arrested. Children do attend school while incarcerated. And according to a 2013 Justice Department report, inmates of any age who participate in correctional education programs have 43% lower odds of returning to prison than those who do not. But the negative effects of traveling through the justice system and falling behind in school can follow youth well beyond their release. Formerly incarcerated people are twice as likely not to have a high school diploma. Their unemployment rate, 27%. According to the Prison Policy Initiative, when children are pushed away from education and into the justice system, it leaves them unable to compete in a job market that needs skilled workers. This is especially true if the individual did not receive youthful offender status. That status, Corriero says, means they could come out of this experience without a permanent criminal record, which is so crucial and important 
for young people in terms of their capacity to eventually enter into the, the, the adult world, if you will, with a clear slate in terms of opportunity. This is what drove Judge Corriero and his colleagues to set up and preside over the Manhattan Youth Park, a court exclusively designed to deal with the cases of kids between 13 and 15 and their co-defendants to channel youth cases to alternatives to incarceration programs. Those who sat in that court were expected to understand the vicissitudes of adolescence, were expected to develop an interactive relationship, if you will, with the young people that appeared before. And what we tried to do was to develop a process that helped us to channel out of the system those children, children that we thought we could work with by linking them to alternative to incarceration programs. The youth part eventually became a model for mobilizing social services for young people under a judge's watch. Because, Corriero says, the dominant uh, uh, policy behind prosecuting children should be that of rehabilitation and not a punitive one. Young people are going through a period of cognitive development, which means um, not only are they likely to change and mature out of any challenging or problematic behavior, but also that as a product of where they are in life, their reasoning and decision-making skills are, are different, and they need different things. Youth are just not primed to respond as well to punitive consequences and um, punishments or negative incentives. Instead, Hinger argues the key is to hold youth responsible for their behavior outside of the prison system if possible, to stop the negative impacts on education and recidivism before they start. When effective interventions are made, there are dramatic reductions in um, negative consequences and problem behaviors. For the PBS NewsHour, I'm Tim McPhillips. Welcome back to Tales from the Plantation Nation. Uh, no telling where Brother Sam went, but I guess I have to hold it down until he's back in the building. This is Yusuf Hassan, co-host of the Abolition Today podcast right here on the Abolition Today network, abolitiontoday.org. And a tremendous, tremendous uh, program this evening, tremendous conversation between Sam and Brother uh, Jay Dixon. Uh, wasn't planning on stepping in tonight, so... We'll uh, put another track on until I see what's going on with Sam. This is a brother, Chase Gizzard. This song is called Corporate America, and it breaks down just how involved big business is. Corporate America is involved in the prison system. You're listening to Tales from the Plantation Nation, and we'll be right back. Tales from the Plantation Nation. Welcome to the uh, United States of Corporate Motherfucking America. Prudential, Smart Barney, Merrill Lynch, Bristol Moss, Maytag, Craft Master, DuPont, MCI, SBC. When they declared a war on drugs, my nigga, they declared war on us. Drug offenders mean more prisoners. And more prisoners mean more prisons built. 
More wood, more concrete and iron. More trucks, more gas, more Han. Framers, plumbers, electricians. Consultants, advisors, technicians. More guards, more guns. Pass more laws to lock up more niggas and that's more funds. Now they gotta hire more ones. More handcuffs, silly clubs, and stun guns. See, more calls, more CBs, and sirens. Most drug offenders is non-violent. It's all corporate. The state ain't the owner. This prison's brought to you by Tom Warner. Reverse agreement with the United States in terms of what they export and where it comes from. But the mere fact that they say that the Tariff um, Act of 1930 that says that we're not allowed to accept prison labor produced goods, you know, um, imported into the country, means it should mean that you don't think it's right. And if you don't think it's right, then you need to look in your own backyard and see what yeah, you're doing. Somebody gotta draw the buses out to the sticks. Somebody gotta make the ink for fingerprints. So these companies, they donate to candidates. Cash for the ones that's tough on crime in a state. More arrests equal more votes. Pass more laws that hurt more Latin, black, and poor folk. Then cut money for education. So they can spend more on incarceration. The company that fed your kids at lunchtime now Feed them when they grown, locked on the child line About a half a mil in jail for drug charges It was only 50 down before Reagan took office Then he sold guns for dope to the Contras And crack rocks exploded in Oakland and Compton More niggas locked up as expected This prison's brought to use by General Electric It just seems like they're, they're taking advantage because The mere fact that they don't have overhead in terms of insurance and workers' comp and all these other things. You're having, you're getting all these benefits as a result of having the labor. Um, and if you want to say, okay, well, we're training them, we're giving them a skill, we're giving back, it would be one thing. But if you're paying someone 17 cents an hour, that is heinous. It's a come up, a new slave workforce. Just lock these niggas up and make them work for us. And they like to rap about it. That'll work for us. Market them niggas help enslave a new workforce. Dope and guns, guns and dope. Keep them high, no hope, broke. And in and out of code, it's all profit. From the dope to the locksmith. Machine so big, Jesus Christ couldn't stop it. It's a parable. See the Pharaoh, the president. And Jesus came back, they label him a terrorist. I ain't religious, but I read the scriptures from what I read. Jesus would have been banging for us niggas in that safe. And all poor folk on the struggle, they can lock me up. But the Lord forgive me for the hustle, cause niggas just on some feed, they kid shit. Living in the system brought to you by big business. Tales from the Plantation Nation. If we'd known you all were going to be this much trouble, we would have picked our own fucking cotton. Abolition. 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 Abolition.